We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is the High Stakes Loadout, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Today I'm speaking with Joe Bianco, a longtime High Stakes Fantasy Football player that currently holds the 10th overall spot in the 2019 FFPC main event contest that will pay out $3.1 million, including an industry record $500,000 grand prize. Bianco is already a multiple-time former Football Guys Players Championship and FFPC Best Ball League winner, and you can follow him on Twitter at Joe underscore JMB Iceman1. In this episode, he and I talk about the Seahawks wide receivers with Josh Gordon, the Browns running backs with Kareem Hunt, and a future forecast for Mark Andrews and others. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's the 10th place team owner in the 2019 FFPC main event, Joe Bianco. We have now two weeks left in the FFPC main event and the Football Guys Players Championship regular season. It is getting to be crunch time, and uh, anybody who's playing in the main event specifically is gunning for that $500,000 grand prize. Pleased to be joined by one of those players on the road of his high stakes lowdown this week. It is one, a veteran of this show, one Joe Bianco. Joe, thanks for doing the show, man. 
Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Tenth place uh, in the main event after nine weeks of play. Uh, I, I don't think. I mean, I, I don't think this is your best team ever, but it is certainly one of your best teams ever. Uh, you're looking at the standings right now. You got to be feeling pretty good about this team. Well, uh, not necessarily. <laughs> the team is, you know, the team has its weaknesses, you know, to say the least. What's what? So it, you you look at you look at this squad right now, and and obviously it, it it all depends on who gets hot those final three weeks. Where do you think you're weakest? Where where do you think that this team needs to be improved over the next few weeks so you can make a run? Oh, definitely quarterback. Uh, you know, it was actually it was a mistake that I made in the draft. Um, you know, I was sitting in the late rounds. I had my target at, set at Lamar Jackson, and I waited too long. And I ended up with Breeze, who got hurt early. And I, I just basically been uh, since that time. I was going with Gardner Minshew, and I have no backup. And now he's about to get replaced. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of winging it with quarterback. <laughs> Do you see yourself as, you know, knowing that the, what the quarterback landscape is right now uh, in that league, do you see yourself finding, a, I don't want to say long-term solution because, you know, you, you basically only need to find a solution for the next seven weeks, but uh, long-term solution or are, do you think yourself you're going to turn this team into a quarterback streaming team? I, I think there's, there's still a couple of options out there. I mean, it's not going to be the strength of my team, obviously, uh, but uh, th- there's a lot of of teams in that league that are, that are stocking three and four quarterbacks, you know, and I, I'm waiting for somebody to drop somebody, you know, due to bye weeks, possibly that's an option. Well, we'll see what happens tonight because uh, I mean, we're recording this on Wednesday night, obviously the FFPC waivers haven't not gone through yet, but we have six teams on bye this week. That's going to put, put the hurting on a lot of teams, uh, not only in your league, Joe, but uh, leagues all around. There's going to be some interesting players dropped on the waiver wire this week. Exactly. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, so we, that, that was one of your weaknesses, uh, quarterback. Let's talk about one of your strengths on this team. Now, on a points-per-game basis, so far, the tight end eight this season with FFPC uh, tight end premium scoring is Mark Andrews. Now, you got him in this league at the 907. Uh, what I want to know from you is what you think his ceiling is, not just for the remainder of this season, but maybe how high we're going to see him be drafted in 2020 FFPC drafts among tight ends. I, I think he's in a pretty good uh, spot where he is now at, at tight end seven or eight. Uh, you said, um, you know, the tight end's been a tough position this year. It's been very hard to gauge. Um, I don't think there's anybody that would have guessed that Austin Hooper would be the number one tight end after nine weeks. You know, but it's just been kind of that year for tight ends. Uh, you know, as far as next year, I mean, he he would be top six, I would say, possibly top five. Uh, but you know, it's, it's going to be hard to take him over Kittle and still Kelsey and guys like that, but he, he's definitely in the mix. I wonder how the, you know, cause we have the big three with tight ends this year with Kittle, Kelsey and Ertz. I wonder if that, that big three gets expanded to maybe not as big next year. Like in other words, the, the elite aren't as elite as perhaps they were gauged to be coming in this year and, and it's more right. spread out. You know, like Andrews is is one of those guys. Obviously, Austin Hooper would be one of those guys next year. Darren Waller could be one of those guys next year. And maybe what we'll see, uh, Joe, and I I know it's you know we're 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 a ways away from 2020 drafts, but maybe what we'll see is is those early tight ends maybe dropping a little bit because there's less of a premium put on them because now we're seeing that 
hey, there's more than three tight ends. There might be six. There might be seven that you can really count on next year. And that's not even including uh, Evan Engram, who's had some pretty good games and you would think is on the upswing of his career as well. Right. I, I agree with that. I actually think that uh, the tight end was, was drafted too early, some of those guys this year. I, I think that the guys that drafted Kelsey and and even Kittle and Hurts are, are regretting those picks in, in the very early rounds. Um, so I, I think you'll see tight end taper next year because guys, they're thinking that they can get a little more value later. Uh, you know, I'm not sure you're going to see a first round tight end at this point, but it's still it's too early to tell. You know, one of the things that I've always struggled with and continue to struggle with uh, in, in placing waivers in, in high-stakes leagues is kind of knowing when to swing your sword and how early to do it and, and how much to do it with. Um, when we see these games um, in week one where guys just set the world on fire, uh, I, I think back to a guy like Anquan Bolden. Well, that's a guy that you wanted to invest in because he was big. Uh, after, you know, in, in his rookie season with the Cardinals. Uh, and then I think a, a guy like Kevin Ogletree, who was, you know, obviously people went crazy drafting him, crazy bidding on him in the leagues that, you know, had drafted before that opening night game with the Cowboys. I don't even know how many years ago that was, probably five or six years ago. And, and obviously that was not the correct move to make when, when spending money. I think you got it right this year in one of your uh, player acquisitions in Terry McLaurin. Um, how did you know it was real with McLaurin and, and not a flash in the pan when you acquired him after those week one waivers? Uh, it's actually, there was a, there was a few receivers that were available after the first week. Uh, you had, you had John Ross, you had, uh, McLaurin, you had, uh, DJ Chark was available in a lot of leagues and, and Preston Williams. Uh, so it, it was more or less uh, a dart throw, um, you know, he looked really good and he was the only option there, but, but I had put uh, pretty good bids in on all four of those and, uh, actually managed to land two of them in, in, a, in quite a few leagues. Uh, so it, it worked out, but, uh, there, there was no way of telling that he would be that good. Obviously going forward, he's, he's not as good with Haskins. So it's, that's an issue again with him because he's definitely not going to be as good as he was with, uh, Keenum. Joe, when you, so, you know, I, I guess what, like, we're all kind of working blind, you know, when, when we're talking about guys like that. And, you know, obviously Ross had plenty of detractors, uh, guys who didn't even bid on him at all. And, and, um, and then DJ Chark, you know, there's plenty of people not, not willing to believe in him. Um, right. And I think with both Chark and McLaurin, the, you know, if you stayed away from them, you're probably regretting it right, right now. Are you the type of right. person that, that is going to go, heavy on the waiver wire and, and try to acquire these guys sight unseen, I, I guess would be a good way of, 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 see, of, of saying it, given that we don't know what these guys are necessarily capable of, but you're willing to take a chance, spend a lot of that fab budget early for a potential difference maker. Yeah, I think a lot of it too was a function of I needed receiver help uh, on some of these teams. Uh, and, you know, uh, Chark and, and uh, McLaurin, I, I acquired in probably six or seven leagues. And uh, they, they've been starts every single week. Um, McLaurin was flying under the radar even in a lot of dynasty leagues. He was not uh, a top 10 receiver in dynasty drafts. He was more of a third or fourth round pick. So I think a lot of people missed, missed the boat on him. I wonder why that is. You know, it, 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 how do so many talented, you know, dynasty players, how, how do so many talented high stakes players, 
How do we get something like that so wrong? Like when we had the opportunity, I mean, a third round in the in the dynasty league, man, you, you this guy should have been a first round pick. Uh, how I mean, right. what, what what was it about McLaurin? Was it just draft pedigree? Was it the fact that that he he didn't just necessarily wow you in, in any regard? I, I'm just I'm I'm always baffled when we run into players like this because I feel like the fantasy community should should get these right almost every time and never let a player like this slip down as far as we let him slip. I think a lot of it is, uh, you know, I, I don't watch a lot of college football and, and, you know, what we go on early is, is what the, what the pundits are saying and what the scouts are saying. And a lot of NFL teams miss on a lot of picks. Uh, you know, there's organizations that make the wrong picks all the time. So I, I just think it's, it's not, it's not easy to figure out if, if somebody's going to translate to the NFL game. And then go figure Washington gets this pick right of all teams. Exactly. <laughs> um, let's go, uh, move on to um, to the Jets running back situ- uh, situation here. Joe Le'Veon Bell has, is, was signed to shoulder a heavy workload. He's By and large, he's been doing that mostly this season. He's a little bit beat up, had the MRI earlier this week. Um, it, it sounds minor. We'll see it in practice today, uh, be, today being Wednesday. We'll see what happens the rest of the week. Is there any fantasy value in getting a guy like Bilal Powell off the waiver wire, Josh Adams off the waiver wire? We know Ty Montgomery has been um, non-existent, basically, on this Jets offense behind Bell. Um, Powell or Adams, is there something there, or are you better off avoiding those guys? I mean, for me personally, I'm not really interested in them. I, I think the, you know, the Jets offense is, is a train wreck right now. Uh, they're they're not looking good. Uh, that's not to say that that Powell can't come in and and provide some value, you know, to somebody that really needs running back help. But uh, I don't see like you know, oh, Bilal Powell's going to be a league winner or anything like that. I just I don't see any potential there. Maybe he can fill in for a week or two and get you eight or nine points or something. I you know, but not for me. Is he? I mean, I, he's probably most attractive to Le'Veon Bell owners, then, right? I mean, is he a guy that that you would say, oh, I, I got to get him since I own Bell, or is he a guy that you can still avoid um, in, in the right situation, even if you own Bell? Right. If if I was a Bell owner and and I I had uh, bye week trouble, I mean, certainly Powell would be someone I'd be looking at, you know. But uh, for for someone someone else. Uh, I mean, I can't speak for anyone else, but me personally, I'm not too interested in him. Surprisingly, uh, there, there's no, go ahead. I just don't think that they, they wouldn't know um, who, who would be, uh, uh, if he would even have a role. It kind of reminds me of uh, when Carrion Johnson got hurt uh, and everybody was rushing out to bid on Ty Johnson, and uh, he wasn't even, uh, you know, the guy. They were, they were spreading it around with Trey Carson and McKissick. So it, it could be a situation like that. I'm I'm curious as we stick the stick to the conversation in the AFC here. The Raiders are are actually playing some pretty good football right now, uh, and part of the reason is is this offense has been pretty good with with Josh Jacobs, John Gruden calling the shots there. Uh, Darren Waller has obviously been awesome at tight end for anybody who who drafted him this year, picked him up off the waiver wire in some of those early leagues. I'm curious, you know, we know what Tyrell Williams is capable of. I think he's the only. I think he's the only receiver in the league who scored a touchdown in every game he's played in so far this season. He obviously missed some time with that injury. But is there a second receiver that this offense can support uh, besides just Tyrell Williams? Or is that the three that you're looking at for for Raiders playmakers and Williams, Waller, and Jacobs? 
I mean, you know, Williams, uh, Waller, and Jacobs are, is they're pretty solid. If if you had to add a fourth, possibly Hunter Renfro. Uh, he's he's had uh, ten catches in the last two games on eleven targets. He did score a couple times. He's kind of like that short area, uh, you know, Edelman type. And Carr is very much you know a safe thrower. So, you know, he could have a little value in a bye week filler type stuff. Yeah, Renfro. What about you know? You're a dynasty player. What about long term? Do you own Renfro in in, in, a, in any of your leagues? I, I know FFPC where you you have to kind of you cut down to sixteen or whatever. It's difficult to keep guys like that. But is he a guy that you'd be looking at acquiring and then keeping him uh, on your team through roster cut down next year? He's he's somebody that that's on that fringe. Uh, you know, he's kind of like that. Uh, you know, the Kiki Kuti type player that guys are hanging on to. He, he, he could fit into that category. But, you know, again, it, it's it's tough to hang on to someone like that when you have to cut down to 16. Uh, so it, it is tougher to hang on to that. But he is somebody that you can take a peek at. If you uh, if you own him and you're obviously starting Nick Chubb going forward when when the Browns are playing. I mean, it's so difficult to sit a guy like that. But now we know that Kareem Hunt is coming back. Freddie Kitchens already said that there's going to be a role for Hunt. They obviously want to get him uh, involved in the offense. Let's look at Week 10. Is he potentially a, a sneaky flex option with uh, with so many teams on by? You have six teams on by. Is he a sneaky flex option, or is it too early, you know, considering his layoff, to stick him in right away? Uh, I mean, I'm actually starting him in a league or two because I have no one else. <laughs> so it's not too early, Joe. No, it's not. I mean, you're, you know, there's there's a there's a lot of desperation going on, you know, when with the bye weeks, you have to get somebody in there. Uh, so in that case, you know, he, he has some value, but I, I, I'm not too excited about him myself. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's tough. And, and I think about all those teams that drafted um uh, Kareem Hunt right. earlier this season. How many of them do you think still have him on their team? You know that I, I guess probably a good number of them because of the the draft capital that you invested in him. But right. man, I it's with with Kareem Hunt. It just I, I didn't get him anywhere just because I didn't think I was good enough to draft <laughs> a, a good enough team around him where I wouldn't need his roster spot at some point. And and now I he, mean we'll see. It, it, it could be a case of. Okay, well, the the Browns are teetering on a potentially lost season. Maybe this is where they just save the wear and tear on Chubb, and and Hunt ends up crushing it down the stretch. I don't know if that's going to happen, but there's certainly a non-zero chance of that happening. Right. He he was a tough guy to draft in in the FFPC uh, uh, football guys leagues because it's basically an 11 week season where you you know you have to get into the playoffs. Uh, but in the in the longer uh, you know the best ball leagues. Um, he was drafted more in those leagues. I know I drafted him myself in those leagues uh, because you can be more patient. But he, honestly, where, where he was going in the ninth round or tenth round, way too early, way too early. Yeah, no, and I'm with you on that. That was an easy pass for me. I, you know, ninth, tenth round is usually when I'm looking at quarterback or potentially adding a, a, another running back if I went zero RB. Um, it, it, he was. I never. I quite frankly, I never really contemplated it either. Now. We'll see. I mean, we may live to regret that if he shows up against Buffalo and rushes for two touchdowns on 100-plus yards, I'll be kicking myself. But it is one game, and it's a tough matchup. So uh, Kareem Hunt certainly has an uphill climb to see what uh, what he will be able to do for fantasy owners for the remainder of the season. Similarly, Nick Chubb. go ahead. Nick Chubb, is, Nick Chubb is a very good player. 
um, you know, they like to diminish uh, his pass catching skills and, and, and whatnot, but, but he is a complete running back. One of the best that I've seen in the league for sure. Do you think he goes in the first round next year? Is he a slam dunk first round pick in, in 2020 drafts? If he continues this trajectory that, that he's been on this, this season? It depends what they, what they do with, uh, with Hunt. With Hunt uh, yeah. I know he, it was a one-year deal, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if they re-sign Hunt, then you gotta you gotta think about the, what they're gonna do. I don't think the head coach is gonna be around. He's the big problem over there, also with the quarterback. But uh, you know, we'll have to see what what they do. But Chubb, I would draft him in the first round, definitely. Yeah, I would. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, there's it's 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 tough to find a, a whole lot of holes in his game, and 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 I'm with you on him being a complete back. He looks great. Um. Let's talk about the Seahawks receivers now because they're, that core changed over the course of the last week, roughly. Um, Josh Gordon, no longer a Patriot. He goes across the country now catching passes from Russell Wilson instead of Tom Brady. So let's kind of break this down, what you think about Josh Gordon for the remainder of, this, uh, of the season in Seattle. And then also, Joe, if you could touch on how you think the values of both Tyler Lockett and or DK Metcalf might change now that Gordon is going to be uh, eating into that passing game pie. Right. Uh, am I wrong or have we been talking about uh, the potential of Josh Gordon for the last like eight years? I was going to say seven, but it might be eight years. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's, uh, I mean, it's, it's amazing. I mean, personally, I, I don't, uh, I don't think he, he does much to the receivers in Seattle. Uh, if anything, he may help Lockett. Uh, but I don't think that uh, that Lockett's role or, will change uh, or or Metcalf. But but the addition of Gordon will definitely help the team. Uh, Russell Wilson is a phenomenal quarterback. He's probably one of the best, if not the best, in the league. And uh, you're giving him another weapon because uh, Gordon is a good NFL receiver. I just don't see much fantasy value anymore. He's not somebody you can start. Maybe as a bye week flex would be about it. Does he make does, does he make DK Metcalf? I don't want to say irrelevant, but you know Metcalf, I own him in one league, and I, I've actually been flexing him out pretty consistently uh, the last three weeks or so. Um, and, and I'm wondering how maybe if, you know I don't know how much of of Lockett's value uh, that Gordon torpedoes, but man, this DK Metcalf thing, I, I don't I think I'm a little bit less inclined to start him. Maybe not so much yeah. in week ten, but but going forward, I think as Gordon gets more acclimated there, maybe he's not crushing it, and Gordon's not a guy you want to start. But maybe Metcalf becomes less startable. Right, I I think you're right there. Um, I, I think he helps Lockett for sure because he's another weapon on the field that you have to contend with, and you know Lockett is is Wilson's target anyway. Uh, but he could. Uh, Metcalf, though, has been looking good. I, I just think it makes Seattle a, a better team if Gordon can stay healthy and stay on the field. But uh, I, I do agree with you. It may it may hinder his his uh, fantasy value a little bit. Yeah, and and it's it, it's a nice little get for Seattle, given that you know Will Disley looked like he was going to come on and really be a difference maker for that team. And then he goes down with the ACL, and now all of a sudden you have uh, with with the acquisition of Gordon, you do have three legit pass catchers uh, in that offense once again not to mention you know still Chris Carson wreaking havoc in that backfield and that that defense has been playing better than I thought too I, I thought Seattle was was sort of in for a 
uh, uh, sort of a, I don't want to say rebuilding year, but but uh, maybe a reloading year in 2019. And and that's not been the case. They certainly look like they could beat anybody in the NFC when when everything's right. clicking on all cylinders. And and, and Russell Wilson, it's, exactly. it's you know he's that's he's he's the engine. You know he's a MVP right now. Uh, what's he have 20 touchdowns in one pick? Something like that. And that's not even talking about what he's been able to do with his legs, too, and and the fact his team's winning. I mean, everything is breaking right now for, for Seattle, and, and Russell Wilson is a, is a major, major catalyst for that, no question. So before we get into the second half of the show, I want to let you know about our friends over at Untuck It. The holidays are almost here. You know what that means. It is gifts. We're just past Halloween. We're already looking ahead to the holiday season. Now, what better gift than a stylish shirt that fits just right? Unlike most brands, Untuck It shirts are actually designed to be worn untucked. Uh, that is one of my favorite things about it is I, I like that casual look most of the time. We, you know, if I'm getting dressed up, maybe we'll tuck it in, but I, I usually wear the shirts untucked. Untuck It shirts always fall at just the right length no matter what your size so it looks casual and sharp no matter what your shape or size untucked shirts will always fall to the perfect untucked length and what's even better you can find your favorite untucked style online or check out one of their itty brick and mortar stores choose from styles like wrinkle free button downs super soft flannels outerwear and more and their website is so easy to use they even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit so whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just looking to look smart and relaxed in your own style on it is the way to go visit on today and use the code blue for 20 percent off at checkout that's u-n-t-u-c-k-i-t.com and use the code blue for 20 percent off once again that is on Support for today's show also comes from Manscaped, who is the number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer, their Lawnmower 2.0. It has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are a thing of the past. Thank <laughs> That's thankful news, I guess, for all of us men out there. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. Be sure to always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping once again at manscaped.com. Use the code BLUEWIRE. We, we talked about uh, AFC North running backs. I want to get back on that subject here with uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Joe. If James Conner, and, and again, we don't know if he's going to be active. Um, it, you know, Mike Tomlin said he, he thinks he's going to perk up as the week goes along, so I'm not sure what to make of that statement. But um, if he is active this week for the Steelers, what do you do with Jalen Samuels and fantasy lineups? Is he a guy that uh, is a desperation flex, or can you count on him for some fantasy value still, even with Connor active? I, I think if Connor's active, Samuels goes right back to the bench where he belongs. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think he's. Uh, I mean, I actually picked him up in a few leagues. He helped me quite a bit last week. Uh, but you know, he's he's only has 60, 60 rushing yards for the whole season. I know he's been hurt a few weeks. Uh, but, you know, last week he had 13 catches for like 70 yards. I mean, their offense is just terrible, uh, you know, which is a function of the quarterback. Uh, the, the Steelers need to go into the draft and find a quarterback uh, because Rudolph is definitely not their future. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Like, in, and I, you know, I was listening to 
Sigmund Bloom and, and Cecil Lammy from, from football guys talk about that, that Steelers quarterback situation. And I think, you know, they, they would, as both those guys are Steelers fans, I think they would much rather see what Devlin Hodges can do out there rather than Mason Rudolph and maybe potentially groom Hodges as not necessarily the, um, the, the future there, but a guy who could be the backup to whoever they draft to replace Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, because Hodges, I think, has some some pretty good raw talent that if he refines that a little bit, he could be the type of guy that could keep Juju Smith-Schuster re- uh, fantasy relevant, can keep uh, can can turn Deontay Johnson into a guy that you can still flex out if Roethlisberger were ever to miss time or anything like that. And and clearly, it's it's very very difficult to do that right now with Mason Rudolph in there. He, it, it's great for Jalen Samuels and potentially James Conner when you have uh, right. Mason Rudolph checking everything down in there. So you love that. But, man, it, if you own Smith-Schuster, if you own um, oh, God. Uh, Johnson, it's been rough right now. What are you doing in Dynasty? Are you putting out any offers to try to acquire Smith-Schuster, or, or are people not budging on anything like that? You know, that's a good idea. I think I might. <laughs> Honestly, I'm so busy. I just, uh, I, I feel like I'm I'm falling behind with, you know, making all these offers. I just don't have time. Right. You know, most of the time, I just reject the offers that are sent to me. <laughs> right, yeah. I actually sent out um, probably four or five offers in one of my leagues today. And it's it's sort of a Hail Mary, but I'm I'm trying to cash in on this Devontae Parker resurgence right now. And I, I sent out a bunch of offers giving him up for a second round pick. Um and I don't expect any anybody to bite, but I, I'm just kind of seeing what the counters would be. And if somebody bites it, yeah, I'll I'll trade him for a second round pick, no problem. Um but I'm I'm kinda interested to see what the counters are. And oftentimes I'll do that in dynasty leagues where I will send out an offer not necessarily expecting anybody to, to, you know, not like a terrible offer, but an offer that right. I, I will be happy if somebody accepts it. But I'm, I'm more interested to see what they counter because if they if they just simply reject it, no counter, okay, then, then there's nothing there. But if I get a counter back, then I could start working on something here because now I think that, that we might be able to find a, a mutually beneficial deal. And it takes some extra work, Joe, but I think in, in the long run, if you can, if you can hammer that out, and and take advantage of of these little trade windows. Um, the the trade can be a valuable asset in player acquisition and, and dynasty dominance. I think you're going to have to give up a lot to uh, to give up Schuster even now. I think he's you know uh, I've heard people say that he's not a true number one, and uh, I think that he is. Uh, but uh, I I think that he's you're going to have to give a a lot up to get him even now. And and I think it's one of those things too. It's like if you are making the obviously you're cashing in. The problem is the people who own Juju Smith Schuster by and large think he is a number one, and the people who don't own him don't believe. Probably by and large, again, probably do not believe mm-hmm. he that he is a number one receiver. So when you're trying to acquire Smith Schuster right now based on the current situation, um, it's difficult because those. Smith Schuster owners still want they want to get 90 95 cents on the dollar and that that's just not you know market value for for the other 11 teams in the league right now it's difficult to do but if you're a Smith Schuster believer giving up significant assets could really make a difference in 2020 right I agree um let, let I getting back to redraft leagues here Joe in, in the FFPC main event of which you're 
10th place in um, the uh, Football Guys Players Championship. When you are looking at um, your team, how far in advance are you looking to make sure that they're covered for bye weeks or for a poor matchup for quarterbacks or defenses or anything like that? Are you just taking it on a week-by-week basis? Do you look ahead a week or two? How do you normally handle something like that? Usually what I do is I wake up Tuesday morning and I see how many little uh... – you know, caution oh, the, signs, the warning signs. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because I, I have, I just have too many leagues to, to think too far ahead. Um, you know, now I, I do pay attention to some of the bigger leagues and I try to plan, especially if I know I'm, I'm weak in, in a certain position like quarterback, I'll start thinking about that. But, but other than that, I just usually go week to week. Is there any, as, as we go head into week 10 and, and waivers will process here shortly, was there any player that, that you really went after hard uh, in, in the waiver wire this week? Or was it, you know, I feel like it's, it's been a light waiver wire, you know, for the most part, uh, the, you know, for a large plurality of the season thus far. Uh, was there any player that stood out to you when you were placing your bids this week? Well, you're talking, you're talking to somebody who doesn't have any more money. <laughs> <laughs> you blew it all early? Yeah, I, that's that's always pretty much what I do. I mean, I, I churn my bench every single week. I try to cut, you know, dead weight. Sometimes it comes back and, and bites me because uh, I end up rebidding for the same player a few weeks later when he has some value or whatever. But uh, uh, normally I get the guys early, which is what I did this year. I did it with McLaren. I did it with Char, uh, among others. And then, you know, I kind of just by week 10, I'm I'm almost out of money in most leagues. Uh, you know, talk, we should talk about Chark here for a second because Jacksonville is making the quarterback change after the bye week. Um, they're going to go back to Nick Foles. I'm curious what you expect from DJ Chark now uh, as he won't be catching passes from uh, the mustachioed man, uh, Gardner Minshew. He's going to go back to Foles. Do you expect his value to change much uh, or at all, or are you expecting more of the same? I don't expect it to change. You know, uh, I liked Minshew, but uh, – you know, the knock on him obviously was a rookie, but uh, I thought he held on to the ball too long. And, and I thought that uh, he was kind of a quarterback that waited for the play to break down, which uh, when he had protection, it, it helped him. But uh, and I'm not saying that Foles is going to be the next coming of, uh, you know, Brady, but uh, he I think he's going to he's a little more seasoned. And I, I think Chark is just a stud. I think that, you know, for a while there, everybody thought Westbrook was the guy, especially in Dynasty, but it's clear that Chark is the guy. Yeah, and, and you know, Westbrook, is, is he's kind of falling behind a little bit, too, with this injury, uh, and Chark is, is taking another step forward every week. I remember Chark, too, like, I, I, I actually drafted him in a couple of Dynasty leagues, and he's one of those guys I gave up on too early because his metrics were great, um, and, and I, I think his quarterback play at LSU – uh, held him back a little bit, but certainly it's not holding him back in the NFL, and he's really blossoming. He could be a big-time, you know, I know he kind of broke out this year, but he could be a big-time breakout as far as um, uh, moving up draft boards in 2020. Definitely, we'll see what happens there, especially if he can he's keep got, he's, he's got the size, he's got the speed. Uh, you know, speaking of, speaking of that, another guy that I love, and I had him, you know, in a, in a bunch of leagues was this Preston Williams. Yeah. And uh, it's a shame what happened to him because uh, he's another one that, you know, this guy, you can see the game is not too big for him. He's, he's got all the, uh, the metrics, the size, the speed, you know, and he looks really good. And he was the guy, too, that, that I think – correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, but I, I think in the pre-draft process – 
he was dinged a little bit for off the field stuff. I don't think anybody ever really doubted his talent and you know what what type of NFL player he'd be. It was just a matter of hey, you got to get him in the right situation. He's got to keep his head on straight, and and he'll be just fine. And and I don't know if Miami's the right situation for him, but certainly for a rebuilding team. Um, they're going to give him every opportunity, and they did up until his ACL. We'll see what happens next year when he comes off that. But he's a player that that uh, I, I know uh, Dave Gerzak was was quite excited about as far as dynasty leagues go. And 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 you guys weren't alone. I mean, there's plenty of love for Preston Williams out there. Uh, it's just a shame uh, that injuries have to happen. It is part of the game, and uh, you know it it, te- it tests our metal how deep we can build our rosters because we always need to go, um, you know, several players past our starting lineup in order to win a half million dollar grand prize, $250,000 grand prize, or just win a league period. Um, and part of not only the waiver wire, uh, but part of being a successful fantasy player, you got to know who to start, who to bench. You look at week 10, Joe, is there a player that you think a lot of high stakes players are actually going to have in their starting lineups that you think is going to bust uh, this weekend, and then conversely, is there a player for you out there right now that not a lot of people will be starting this week that you think is actually a sleeper that should be flexed out in players' lineups? Uh, I mean, you know, again, we we can go back to Kareem Hunt. Uh, I think you know a lot of guys that hung on to him for all this time are are going to play him, and uh, who knows what you're going to get there? Um, he could he could be fine, or he could get you six points or something. But I I think he he might be one of those guys. Yeah, um, he is a good. He's going to be one of these these players that um, when we when we talk about uh, the the week ten recap, um, if he goes off, there's going to be a lot. Oh my goodness, fantasy Twitter's going to be going crazy if he goes off. Oh, I, I was missing Fournette, and and I and I you know I didn't have um, uh, you know Carlos Hyde or, or whoever you know this week be and and Philip Lindsay, so I had to play. Uh, do uh, uh, Kareem Hunt, and he ended up going for 90 yards and two touchdowns. And this is so great. This is my year. Like we could see a ton of that if if that actually happens. And we'll, you know, quite frankly, um, I don't know what to expect from Cleveland anymore, Joe. I'm I'm not sure what Freddie Kitchens, Baker Mayfield are capable of, both positively or negatively. And I have no idea what they're going to do with Kareem Hunt. It would not. I mean, I guess it would surprise me if Hunt came out and he was the bell cow. But if he came out and split touches evenly with with Nick Chubb, I could totally see that happening too. I mean, that would be a that would be a mistake, uh, you know, with that coaching staff, which would not surprise me. Exactly. I think that, right. Right. But uh, you know, the like the ninety yards and the two touchdowns, I could see a big play from him possibly. But uh, I, I I don't know. I just don't see he's going to get twelve carries in in the game. Maybe I'm wrong. I just don't see it. Yeah, it's well, and and that game. Too, I don't know what the total is on it, but Browns and Bills. I, I can't believe you know as good as the Bills defense has been this year. I can't imagine that um, uh, that would be a very high total on that game too. So it might it might just take a big busted play for for him to be fantasy relevant uh, in week. Or we could end up more like a like a James White who comes in on a third down and and maybe he'll have four catches for forty yards or something and and score a touchdown. That's possible. Right. Yep. But, to- totally right. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe, this has been fun. I'm 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 appreciative of of your time tonight and and the fact that we got to catch up and and talk a little fantasy and and good luck, dude. I mean, tenth place in the main event for a half million bucks. I know you uh you're you're exercising some cautious optimism with this team <laughs> given uh, the quarterback, but uh, we'll see, dude. You know, it's 
I, I, it's a long way to go, but it'll be over with quick. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I appreciate you. I appreciate you for having me on. If, if you don't mind me, uh, if I can tell a little about that team. Oh yeah. Uh, Please. I was really, uh, I, I was liking my draft a lot. And um, obviously you're not going to hit on every pick, but uh, I was having a good draft and I was in the 12th round and uh, it was a draft where everybody was waiting on quarterbacks and, and the uh, Aaron Rodgers hadn't even come off the board yet. Oh my goodness. And so uh, something was telling me that I, I just, I should have taken Lamar Jackson cause that was the guy I was, I was going to target. Uh, but I let it go by. And, and b- by the time it came back to me, there were eight quarterbacks that came off the board. Oh my goodness. And uh, it was just a nightmare. And I ended up with breeze and, you know, and he got hurt. And so that was kind of like, uh, it, it was just, uh, it was a bad feeling, you know, in, in those two rounds while it was happening. Uh, because if, if I had put Lamar Jackson on that team right now, I would, I would be unbelievable right. strong. Yep. Absolutely. You, know? you would, well, but you know, that's, that's the way it goes. That's, that's fantasy, right? That is fantasy. <laughs> you got that right. What's, um, do you remember who you ended up taking instead of Lamar Jackson there in those two rounds? Oh, I took Breeze when it came back. That was Breeze. Okay, all right. I got it. I got it. Was it was Breeze, and then he got hurt, and uh, I dropped him because, you know, the early report says he was going to be out for eight weeks. I did the and, same thing. Yeah, and so I ended up picking up Minshew, and it was a good pickup, and he was it was good while it lasted. But, uh, uh, you know, the big problem with the league is uh, there's no depth at quarterback. Everybody is stockpiling quarterbacks in that league, right. and there's just no one out there. Yeah, yeah. No, it's – but I'll tell you this. I'd, I'd much rather – uh, well, I shouldn't say I'd much rather have it because I often wait on quarterback too, um, in, in, in my leagues, but I don't know how much depth there is, Joe, and, and you probably know better than me, but in that specific league, I can't imagine there's a whole lot of backs or receivers or tight ends that are difference makers on the waiver wire either. Oh no, no, there's, there's nothing out there. It's, no, there's nothing out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a competitive league. I mean, and, and to win a half million bucks, I mean, it should be competitive and it should be tough. If it was easy, everybody would do it. And, uh, you have, um, you have, um, overcome bad quarterback play or questionable quarterback play, at least on this roster to come into 10th place, entering in the penultimate week of the FFPC main event regular season. Good luck to you in these next two weeks. Good luck in the in the league playoffs and in the championship round, Joe. I'll be rooting for you, and, and thanks so much for making some time to, to pop in on the uh, lowdown this week. I appreciate it, Eric. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage rotoviz.com slash podcast. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.